What up, people? This is your boy, Christian, also known as Christian Jordan. I just want to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for coming to this podcast today. Thank you for tuning in. Yo, this is a special podcast. Um, this podcast was recorded live a couple weeks ago. Um, I had the honor to bring someone all the way down from New York. Um, I really appreciate her. Her name is Michelle Blue. She's also the host of The Journey with Blue. Um, and we had a conversation on legacy, right? Um, on this conversation, um, I let Michelle kind of do her thing and kind of host it. So she's gonna take it away. She's gonna do something special. Um, it's gonna be pretty lit. So yo, thank you for tuning in and let me know what you think. All right, peace. Like, let me go ahead and start sipping my wine now. Yeah, Bernadine comes with energy, straight yeah. energy, but it's it's a blessing to have that energy, right? Um, but Michelle, why are we here? Why are we here? First of all, thank you, Christian, for even inviting me and bringing me out of New York to Boston. So this is my first time in the city. So, I know, y'all gotta show me some love, right? Tell me what Boston's all about. Um, Bernadine has already claimed me after this for drinks, so if y'all are like down, wanna join, um, y'all are more than welcome. So thank you, Christian, thank you, Boston, thank you, WeWork, for putting on this conversation, um, a conversation on legacy, the journey to legacy. Again, my name is Michelle Blue. I am the creator and host of The Journey with Blue, which is a video talk show um, sharing the transparent stories of millennial entrepreneurs and teaching you how to live a fulfilled life and create a business that you love. So a little bit about my story. I started my first business full-time two weeks after I graduated college. I was able to do a TED Talk, was named Mashable's Top Black-Owned Businesses Changing the World, Essence Gift Guides, et cetera, et cetera. And now I do my talk show full-time and just secured a partnership distribution with TV One, I One, and so many other things. So Congrats. thank you. So that's a little bit of my intro, but I want to get into this panel because I hear I have like the best and the brightest that Boston has to offer, right? I, I agree. You do have the cream of the crop. I, I'd say some, some, because some uh -huh. of the best is also are also right in front of us. Yes, that is I gotta true. Give their love. That I believe we do have a room full of great creatives, entrepreneurs, doers, thinkers, dreamers in this world. And I mean, in this room. And so thank you all for showing up. And I want to go ahead and hear from you all. I think a lot of people already are familiar with your stories, but very quickly, kind of give us an intro of who you are, what's the work you're doing. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Quickly, quickly. Did you pass it off the stand? Oh, you yes. pass it off? We'll yeah, because way. Bernadine takes a while, so we're going to leave it yeah. for, uh, <laughs> for last. But. Um, first off, thank you guys for coming. I uh, really appreciate it. This is a humbling experience for you know the folks up here, but you know having you guys out here and taking time out your day. Um, my name is Stanley Ramon, founder of Paul Ramon. Um, I started a men's fashion brand uh, in honor of my father who passed from cancer multiple myeloma in 2016. So um, for me to you know really deal with the pain of his passing, I wanted to honor him in a creative um, space. And so legacy is what we're going to be talking about today is really big when it plays into the part of, you know, why I started this brand. Um, I wanted to honor him in the creative space because he has so many personal passions, uh, such as painting, carpentry, music. And so I felt like it was only right to um, honor him in that space. And so I looked at him as a, a renaissance man growing up. And so what my brand really stands for is encouraging you guys, ourselves, to live your renaissance. And what that means is reaching your fullest potential. And so reaching, you know, the better version of yourself. And so, um, you know, and all of that, uh, you know, incorporates, you know, what legacy, you know, you're trying to build. So that's where I'm at. 
Yeah, All right. What's up, everybody? Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Um, I heard your voice. So um, I am Bernadine, also known as Bernadine Truth. Um, I am the founder and CEO of a consulting company and brand um, that really focuses on curating brave spaces to empower people to engage in difficult dialogues around race, oppression, um, self-efficacy, self-doubt, really thinking about life through the introspective lens and understanding how we as individuals, based on our own narratives, our own legacies, our own family dynamics, and our own culture and society have really allowed us to become the people that we are for better and for worse. And so my work really plays roles in different entities. And so if I were to speaking to young people, as young individuals as young as five years old, I'll talk about really loving the skin that they're in, really loving the bodies that they're in, really understanding that regardless of their economic backgrounds or um, you know, shortcomings or aspirations or mislabeling of, of young people, right? that they are in fact amazing and they are in fact important individuals and they are somebody who will continue to be somebody. If I'm working in the world of education or um, nonprofit sectors with adults, it's talking about how do we, in, how do we recognize the importance of diversifying our workspaces by not only recruiting people of color, but retaining them, and not only retaining them, but promoting them to highest levels of excellence, and not just putting people of color in positions where they are CEOs and VPs of diversity of recruitment or diversity-focused initiatives, but they can be the VP of the organization altogether. And so helping people to understand the importance of doing that um, through a personal lens of identifying who you are as an individual and what does that look like in a workspace, and what does that look like as uh, as a director? What does that look like for you as a VP? What does that look like for you as a colleague, as a manager, right? And the things that we do um, implicitly and, and directly. I do this work also um, through the lenses of motivational speaking and workshop facilitating. And I'm looking um, to create curriculums that I'll be able to implement in certain spaces to make that happen. I too am grateful for this opportunity to be here with all of you. Thank you, Christian, for um, this vision. And thank you, WeWork, for hosting us. And thank you, Michelle, for moderating this conversation. Welcome. Thank you. And Christian Jordan. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you guys all for coming out. First things first. Um, special shout out to WeWork once again for allowing us to host this. Uh, shout out to Host in the Back and our sponsors who sponsor all the liquor today. So big shout out to that. Nice. Um, but who is Christian Jordan? What is Christian Jordan? Um, so I am Christian, the founder of Christian Jordan. Um, Christian Jordan essentially is this. Um, it's a brand that brings people together through events and activities, right? I like hosting a lot of events. I like doing dope things. And I like taking care of my community. Um, I have a saying that I really pass along to a lot of folks is this. If I have access in my community, it's my responsibility to put on for my community. So how do I do that? One way right now. We're here right now in this space, right? Um, so we need to start utilizing our resources around us and creating those safe spaces for folks. Um, that's what Christian Jordan is all about. Um, I do a lot more other things. I won't go into that right now. Uh, you can talk to me on the side and we can talk about what I do. But um, once again, thank you guys all for being a part of this. I really do appreciate you guys. Yeah, well, give us a round of applause first for these dynamic <laughs> entrepreneurs, creatives. But, you know, like I said, the conversation is around legacy. And I don't think you can think and talk about legacy, present, and future without thinking about legacy from a past and where we come from. And so I think that's perfect when we think about we're celebrating Black History Month, right? And we are celebrating and honoring the people that we come from. We're celebrating and honoring our history and our truth, our power, our resilience, right? 
and realizing that we come from something that's so much greater than us, that we are coming from a people that's so much stronger than we could ever imagine, right? And so for me, I'm only where I am today because of the prayers of those that came before me, right? And so I stand in able to do this work, and I know for you all as well, we're coming from such a rich history. We come from the most brilliant minds that ever existed in this world, right? And so sometimes I think we forget that. We forget that we come from the engineers, the scientists, the thinkers that completely transform everything that we touch, that would transform our everyday lives to this point. And so when you think about that, of where we come from, where we are now, and where we're going, how has our history shaped how you think about legacy? Or what is that? <laughs> Bernadine. <laughs> right? So what does that history mean for you, right? And how do you even embody that? How do you stand today grounded in knowing where we're coming from? I will say, I'll start. So a quote that comes to my mind right away is like, the future belongs to those who prepare for it today, right? Uh, Malcolm X said, I believe. So if you look at the future and when you think about it, you got to ask yourself, what are you preparing today for in some sense? But then when you look at history, who in history prepared for our future today, right? So especially Black History Month, you can look at all the trailblazers, right? Who led the way to prepare for the future? Um, so legacy is so important. Mm -hmm. And that quote is so important. And I look at that myself today, like saying, what are we preparing for the future so people can live for it, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would say that. that. That was just on top of my head with that quote. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Sure. Um, for me, you know, we all experienced a tragic loss in Kobe Bryant. Um, death for me since my father passed has been, you know, really triggering. So, um, you know, that in passing was triggering as well. Um, growing up, you know, I would play with ball with my boys, one of my boys, Richard, right there. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant was really special in regards to just the individual that he was, the type of individual that, you know, we wanted to be like as basketball players, his tenacity, his competitive spirit, you know, as young men, and we're trying to establish, you know, who we're trying to be. And, you know, we're building fellowship with one another. And, you know, sports was a fellowship that we took very serious. Every single day, we was at my best friend's basketball his backyard playing ball, like, you know, shooting fadeaways like Kobe. You know, my favorite player was Allen Iverson and Dwayne Wade. So we try to pretend like we embodied these amazing other black individuals that was super special to us. So, you know, when we think about individuals who made impact as far as like our history and the men that we're trying to be now, it's like we've all grown up to be, you know, really great gentlemen because of not only amazing individuals that we've seen as examples in our own family, right? Or just individuals that, you know, when we went to, uh, went to school and so forth and all these um, folks that we kind of looked up to, but these athletes who we can't really, you know, touch or can't really have a conversation are actual individuals who we felt like we had relationships with because of how they continue to inspire us. So when I think about, you know, history and how we want to move forward, you know, as men, as black men, um, and all of our individuals' crafts um, and all of our different passions, you know, we embody, you know, what these individuals, uh, someone like Kobe and what he meant. Um, you know, the whole Mamba mentality, uh, us just trying to be the best version that we can be. And, you know, 
with my brand, we really push and encourage, you know, I, idealism called rebirth. And so rebirth is, you know, when you go through a rebirth, you end up dying and becoming a better version of, you know, yourself. And when you become the better version of yourself, you might go through different rebirths based off of just different struggles that, you know, you go through, but, you know, you don't give up. You continue pushing forward and then you end up becoming the best version. So, um, you know, I think as far as I look at in regards to just, you know, my own personal past and, you know, what's been important for me, um, you know, I think about an individual like Kobe who has a major, who had a major impact and how I want to move forward, you know, with, you know, me as a, a black man, but, you know, what I'm also trying to accomplish with my own legacy and, you know, his speaks for himself, so. Um, that's a loaded question to me, right? I think that there's, so many, there's so many layers to it. I would certainly agree with Christian's point as far as like paying it forward, right? Recognizing where we come from in order to understand where we're going and what we're going to what we're going to contribute to society and, and a larger purpose. And I'd also like to echo Stanley's statements as far as the value and the importance of representation, right? You can't imagine yourself becoming something you've never seen before because you don't even know it exists. And so I definitely can understand um, the symbolism of Kobe's uh, passing, but also the importance of his work in, in one's upbringing. I think for me, when I consider the past, I think about you know, the black and brown community and what does that look like with regards to slavery? What does that look like with regards to economic injustice? What does that look like? Um, you know, we've had our access to education and but we lived in a segregated world in a world where, you know, um, access to education wasn't afforded to everyone, right? And that's at one point in time before we even allowed both boys and girls to go to school, it was just the boys, you know, mm -hmm. or like the oldest. And people prayed for a son because that, that would carry on the legacy of the family, right, and the tradition. And so, um, you know, I think about the dichotomy there, about the importance or the lack of value certain genders had, right? I think about gendered norms. I think about, you know, my history growing up as a first-generation Haitian-American. What does my past and what does my grandparents' upbringing mean and how they reared my mother to then rear me, right? And, and really thinking about the roles girls had versus the roles boys had growing up. And I think about how, you know, generational trauma plays a factor in my legacy and in my story. I think that as a black and brown community, we come from a world of resiliency. We come from a lot of grit. We come from a lot of passion. We come from a lot of hard work. But with that, you know, also comes a lot of struggle, comes a lot of insecurities, comes a lot of moments where, you know, we have dreams of being millionaires, billionaires. You know, we have dreams of, of having that White House, that picket fence, that this, that, and the third, right? But these aren't even dreams that we really created for ourselves. These are dreams that came out of struggle. These are dreams that came out of oppression. And so I think, um, you know, when when I when I really reflect on legacy, I, I, I hear like Michelle Obama, to, not to quote her verbatim, but she talked about how when it comes to legacy, we have a responsibility to understand all those who came before us in order to pave the ways for all of those who are going to come after mm -hmm. us, right? And so in understanding that, know your truth, speak your truth, really prioritizes the importance of having that introspective lens in the work that we do as human beings and understanding the responsibility that we have as a collective to pull each other up, right? And it's not pulling each other up by a bootstraps type of mentality because truth be told, if we're gonna break it down, not everybody can afford boots and not everybody has boots with straps, right? And so I think even these terminologies are not necessarily applicable to all people, but the idea is that you are going to lift as you climb, hopefully, right? Because that mm -hmm. also assumes you have the ligaments to do that. Yeah. But I'm not gonna unpack everything. But um, <laughs> you know, but again, it's it's appreciating where 
we came from, the struggles and the beauties of where we come from, also understanding the importance and the value of storytelling and sharing our narratives, right? And sharing our mantras, our proverbs, and you know, um, our white tales or white lies or, you know, um, these jokes or whatever the case may be in order to uplift and mobilize the people, but then also in some ways to challenge us, but all together, it makes us all who we are mm -hmm. as a collective and understanding the responsibility we as people have to, to pave the way and to continue right. to push forward. Right. And I think, you know, the reason I started with that, because again, you have to know where you're coming from to know where you're going. Right. And I think, we should celebrate our our history with pride, right? We should um, delve into it and explore and know that we that power that our ancestors had is in us. That brilliance that the creators had, the the ones that made it, that survived it, we have that same power. And so I want us all to remember that and um, trust that as we're going along this journey, because I think it's, a lot of times we forget. You can forget who you are. You can mm -hmm. forget the power that you have. And you can listen to what other people, else, well, other people will tell you you are. But when you know where you come from, you're grounded. You have that stake in the ground. You have the foundation that's unmovable. And so I want us to start there. And then we can build up. And I want to know what actually is legacy to you. What does that even mean? What does that look like? Well, I guess I'll start. Um, what does legacy look like and what does it mean to me? So, I mean, when we're talking about the definition, right, it's about being able to leave something behind, mm -hmm. right? And so I think traditionally it's monetary gains or um, physical homes and ownership of property, right? Something that really contributes to generational wealth in many ways so that people can talk about you even if they never knew you for centuries after you've passed. Right. But I also think about the importance of intellectual property and messaging, right? So it's not just, it's not just the physical. So like a person like Malcolm X, um, to be quoted today, or Martin Luther King, for example, right? Martin Luther King passed away, in my humble opinion, not because he was just talking about desegregating the world, but because he talked about the importance of economics and the importance of us understanding that we have, we live in a world where institution, racial, um, economic divide is very, very real to who we are and to what we're doing, which I think, again, ties to legacy when we talk about the value of a dollar. But with that being said, in a nutshell, to me, I think it's it's taking the time to understand where, again, to your, your, your first question, where we've come from, but really thinking about what are we looking, what, what, is it, what is it that we love about our world? What is it that we want? What is it that we need? Um, what, is it that, what is it that our families need, right, in order to really sustain itself? And then what are we going to do to keep, to, to make that happen, to acquire these tools, these, these tools right? Mm -hmm. Or to acquire these items, um, or to acquire these mental states of thinking, right, to then have that be infused in your family's dynamic for years to come and decades beyond you. So if I were to unpack my personal family's dynamic, I'm a first gen, like I said, Haitian American who comes from a world of what happens in your family stays in your family, right? Sexual assault and trauma is a reality for a number of people in my family, but they don't talk about it. Saying I love you is not something that people really articulate. It's something they show you based off of home ownership or, you know, I, you have you have food to eat and a place to stay. The lights clothes, turn on, right? You know what I mean? So that I love you, but we don't we don't yeah. have affection. Affection is missing is missing in my family. You talk about generational worth, I, um, wealth. I come from poverty. I didn't grow up economically. Um, sound at all like 
first generation, single mother, raising three children on her own, right? Even when she was married at a point in time, she struggled financially to provide for us. So when I think about what's important to me, right, financial stability is important to me. Emotional and mental, emotional and mental health is important to me. I think um, really creating a world where affection is truly present and not designed as a level of weakness is important to me. Mm -hmm. And so how will I implement these three things that I find of value? And there are many more things I find valuable, but how do I take those three things, for example, right? and make sure that my family understands the importance of that far beyond the time that Bernadine spent on this earth, right? right? Like far beyond me being here. How do I then create a company and organization that prioritizes the importance of being transparent, being vulnerable, being authentic in all spaces unapologetically, right? And that means that you need to engage in difficult conversations. You need to tell somebody something that they might not be comfortable hearing. You need to also be in a position to receive content that you might not be comfortable receiving, right? Because again, what is the end goal? And if the end goal is the advancement of the people, if the end goal is the advancement and the sustainability of, <clears throat> excuse me, and the sustainability of your family, if the end goal is the advancement and sustainability of a corporation, a company, an organization, an idea, then you will do whatever it takes to make that happen. And so legacy to me is about what do I do with intentionality to truly pave a pathway to lead by example, to learn from those before me, to learn with those alongside me, and to really make sure that those who are moving with me feel content. Yo, I'm just going to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with that. I'm with that. Like, damn. Um, yeah, yo, you said so many gems. Like, you you said so many gems, like 20 minutes ago. That I'm still trying to process. Like, I love Bernadine so much. She just spit so much fire that just like you gotta listen to this and rewind it and take notes. But you said something earlier that like saying, you know, you lift as you grow, right? And and I think that's very important when you think about as you legacy. Climb, as you climb. Um, as you climb. I'm sorry. So say, say it again. How do you say Lift as you climb. Lift as you climb, right? So when you think about legacy and when you think about, you know, as you're climbing to whatever you're doing, right? If it's successful, if like financially, whatever, who are you bringing with you, right? Mm -hmm. And it's important because you didn't get there by yourselves, right? And that's what we have to remember when it comes to legacy. Someone was there in the room to help you. Someone was there to guide you. Someone was there to listen to you, to listen to this idea. So are you bringing those people with you as you're climbing, as you said, right? So when I think about legacy, I think about like, how can we climb together and get together where we need to get to, right? So that's kind of where Christian Jordan comes more into play. Like, we need to work together because together we are better. Together we can accomplish a lot of things, right? I'm trying to build a legacy with y'all or like with you guys, as we're doing right now. This is history, right? Everything that we do in life becomes history. We never can go back. We never can rewind back. So what can we do together to build that legacy? And right, how can we climb together, right? Um, and then also that goes to like this, you know, when you look at just legacy, it, it doesn't start when you pass. It starts right now. So how are you gonna build that legacy right now? And how can we climb together? Mm -hmm. So legacy to me is in the present. It's very important. Um, personally, I don't care about, oh, I need to leave a legacy of wealth, whatever. My legacy I want to leave is like saying, hey, I create safe spaces. Hey, I bought these people together. Hey, these people met at this event, whatever. Not for my own ego. I could care less about my ego. I really don't care about me. I care about me, but I don't care about me, right? It's more so creating that safe space for people to come together to really say, okay, how can we build with each other and climb together? So that's what I kind of think about legacy in that mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Um... I mean, and even that, there's so many points, right? Because building a legacy is not a solo journey, right? And I think, of course, like we said, there's those that came before us, but of course, we all have had a level of support, someone to push us 
and help elevate us to the next level. So I definitely want to know, like, who were those people in your life first? And who are you currently lifting up? Mm. Right? Because, like you said, it's not just about us. If I'm doing this work just for blue, then I miss the point. Right? Mm. Then that's a very, like, very small, small, small thinking. So I want, to, I really want to like get into that. It's like, how do you pull people up? And I think even um, W. E. B. Du Bois says, like in the Talented Ten, right? You say like, mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily agree with that whole ideology, but it is ten percent of African Americans, Black people, you know, will reach a level of success and affluence, etc. And most people focus on that one part. But they forget part two of Dubois' ideology is that, and that 10% is purpose and tasked with pulling the other people in our community up, right? And so once we make it, and it's not even just once we make it, as we're on this journey, how are we supporting other people? How are we lifting other people? What is our vision that's greater than us? What are we, you know, pouring into this world? So. Who are the people that helped you and supported you along the journey? And how are you paying that forward now where you are in this journey to legacy? Yeah. Um, subconsciously, I had a, as far as individuals that was pulling me up, um, I had a lot of memories with my father and more so, you know, me is about in regards to like storytelling. And so um, I had a lot of memories of my father that had an impact as far as, you know, who I am today because I never wanted to become a fashion designer. I never grew up, you know, really, you know, uh, wanted to, you know, start a, a global brand in that regard. But my memories with my father, as far as just individual things that we shared, whether it was, you know, him, you know, encouraging me and forcing me to play the piano. I never wanted to really play the piano, but he took me to piano classes every Saturday. Um, and I learned how to play the piano. And he would just, after I would play a song, I would leave and go to the kitchen and or go play ball with my boys. And I would hear him like playing different notes of, you know, different things that I was already learning in class. Or I would watch him, you know, build things um, at our house as far as because he was really into carpentry. And like, I'm Haitian, so Haitians don't pay for anything. So he was like, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm, you know, I'm gonna build it my own. And so I would watch him and just, you know, see him and his personal passions and craft and see him learn how to, you know, trying to teach me how to, you know, do certain things. Um, or, you know, he would drop me off to school and we would listen to 106.7 um, all the time. Shout out to you. And so, like, we would just listen and, you know, sing along on the different songs. And so when it comes, when it came to the point where I wanted to honor him and, you know, I had to go through a lot of different, you know, fears and, um, you know, vulnerability issues as far as, you know, just me as a creative in general. And I never thought of myself as one until I remembered all the different things that I did with him in the past. And as far as legacy, legacy for me is, you know, memories that you create with loving individuals and that will leave a lasting impact. And so all of those different experiences has created the individual I am to now, that I am now. And how I'm paying it forward is, um, you know, one, I'm going through my own personal journey as far as, you know, living my renaissance and, you know, putting myself in uncomfortable situations to become the better version of myself. But, you know, at Paul Ramon, this is the lifestyle we want to encourage everyone to do. You know, um, our brand legacy in general is a particular journey, right? And so with a journey, you, you know, you go through loss, uh, you go through love and you, and you go through, you know, different lives. So it's like, 
you might lose an individual, you might lose um, out in something, whether it's something that you was trying to accomplish and you didn't end up getting it. Um, but it's about learning love in those two particular pains or those different losses that you experience that will end up birthing, you know, just new life in general that might give you a new perspective. And so, you know, we, my team and I have um, actively tried to encourage, you know, different perspectives, uh, such as an idea um, campaign called Rebirth Boston, where we encourage individuals in Boston to uh, live their renaissance. And, you know, we feature individuals from all different industries here, whether they're DJs slash vibe curators, um, musical artists, uh, you know, fashion influencers, individual that's part of the, uh, that have a, their own platform that they want to, you know, push, you know, their own different initiatives, such as Christian and um, Bernadine. And uh, what I've noticed is that, you know, individuals are able to support, you know, things that you're into, but I'm trying to create a, a platform and, and a space where folks can be able to connect with other individuals uh, to build, you know, an exclusive, you know, environment here. And so, um, and so I'm very excited about, you know, the energy that is happening in Boston. And so that's how, you know, we're, I'm trying to pay it forward. I think for me, and I'll, I'll keep, I really will keep it as brief as I can, um, <laughs> is that um, I think that every person that I meet and every person who had, I've read about, every person that I've interacted with, whether it was like physically or intellectually, emotionally, whatever, superficially, in the sense that like I'm not physically like with them, um, it is the importance of being able to express yourself and not living in a world of silence. Mm -hmm. And I think that as a people, Right, imposter syndrome is real. Implicit biases are real. Microaggressions are real. Living in worlds where we feel like our identities are based on conforming to other people's narratives of what we should or should not be is real, right? Like, by a show of hands, how many of you have ever done something because you feel like it's expected of you, but it wasn't something you've wanted to do, ever? Right, like, basics. And by a show of hands, how many of you have struggled to even talk about those experiences? And these or insecurities. How many of you have ever struggled to talk about insecurities? Right? And I think that that is not an uncommon feeling and reality for people to struggle about talking about insecurities or to feel like I need to conform to the to the messaging or the expectations of other people. Right? But we live in a world too that while we're like, yes, like you need to lead the way, yes, sis, yes, bro, fam, whatever, you know, in a workplace I want to aspire to be the CEO of X, Y, and Z or the VP of X, Y, and Z or whatever the case may be professionally or personally in your families, you wanna like break down financial barriers, et cetera, right? That takes real conversation about what it, what it, what it, what it looked like to not be the first to do that or what it looked like to try to do that and not have made it to do that. Or what does it look like to have been the first and to try to upkeep a particular image now that your family or friends or your coworkers are looking to you to be the example for a whole population of people you never knew you even had a responsibility of representing. Right. And so when I think about human growth and development and legacy, I think about what do those nuances look like for each person? Stanley said it earlier where it's just like about identifying what's important to you. What's important to me with how I define legacy and how I live it is not going to be the same thing as anybody else in this audience because our personal stories look different. Mm -hmm. The details of our narratives are different, but what I want to bring people, what I want to encourage people to do is to bring the details of that narrative into all that you do in, in, in a workplace, in your family, in your friendship circles, in your intimate partnerships, in 
the community, just walking down the street, right? Like, take a simple example of walking down the street is one that I think speaks volumes to human to humanity. Because sometimes you can walk down the street and you can, and, and depending on who you are, you have open arms and you're smiling at people and you're greeting people and you're saying good morning, good night, good evening, whatever the case may be. There are other people who are walking down that same street and will not acknowledge the person at all. Then there are other people who will be fearful of the other person on the sidewalk. There are other people who will fully embrace that, right? But again, that's coming from somewhere. Those are details coming from somewhere. When we feel confident to speak up on behalf of ourselves or other people at work, that level of confidence comes from somewhere. When we are insecure about sharing our voices, that insecurity comes from somewhere. And so for me, how do I pay it forward or who are the people that I'm lifting You know, as I climb? I would say my, my goal, my ideal goal is humanity, but I say all that to say, honestly, my priority are our young kids, um, are the future. Because again, adults in many ways, while we have a lot of teaching to do, right? A lot of our work is about unlearning, relearning, unpacking, undoing, right? So that's a lot of time and a lot of energy. Not that it is not significant because it is very necessary because adults have a lot of power in how we impact the lives of young people. But young people are being conditioned as we speak. Young people have yet to actually be 18, some of them, 25, some of them, 30, 40, 50, some of them, right? And so if I can talk to you at five years old and say mm -hmm. you are important, regardless of how dark or light-skinned you are, regardless of how straight or curly your hair is, regardless of how thick or small you are, regardless of what people think girls should be doing versus boys should be doing and anybody in between who don't even feel like they identify with a particular gender in today's time, like whatever that means, like you are more than enough and you can in fact see beyond your backyard, like that is priority to me. Because that is telling a young person that you can truly dream beyond what your eyes can imagine our reality for real in a very real way. And so when I talk about impacting institutional systemic levels of racism and oppression, right? When you tell a young black boy or girl who you know, is in the third grade that she or he is somebody and will always be somebody and they need to love themselves and understand that they are more than their backyard, the school to prison pipeline is no longer relevant to them, mm -hmm. right? An industry that makes millions of dollars on the backs of black and brown people is no longer significant to that person ideally. Right, when you empower a young person to see beyond limits, that is powerful. Right. And then when you, when you encourage a young person to really share how they feel, boys or girls, because again, we live in a structure where we are telling boys that, it's not, that, that they matter, right? but they cannot be emotional. But then all of a sudden, when they're in their 20s, we expect them to be emotionally sound and present. They were never taught to do that. So how can we expect that of a 25 or 18 year old boy, right? Like when they were never taught to be emotional. But if I can tell you, you can be emotional at three, you can be emotional at five. More importantly, those emotions are important. That is legacy, mm -hmm. right? Because you're growing up sound and present in mm -hmm. your life. And something that I think is actually really key is like that a lot of times we think about our work and sometimes we expect to see these grand results, right? But kind of what you just said, Bernadine, is like, we can be tasked sometimes with just planting the seed, right? And then there may be someone else to come and water it. And over time it grows and, you know, life and development, and it becomes something so much more beautiful. And so we all are called and tasked to do our part, mm -hmm. right? It may not be to create these huge movements, which is okay. It may be just to water the seed, right? To plant that thought into a child's mind, right? To show up in your family differently, which can change, you know, 
your family's lives for generations to come. And you never know what that happens in the course of your lineage. And, you know, so don't get caught up. And I think a lot of times, even when it comes to just our generation in general, because like we are in a very social media and like numbers and, you know, how many likes, how many shares, whatever the case may be. And so we correlate, you know, likes and follows and numbers to impact. And that's not what impact is, right? And so when we think about legacy, don't think about it as a numbers, as a metrics. Think about the value. Think about the change. Think about the seeds that you're planting. Think about the seeds that you're watering and what those roots will do, right? It's taking root, it's growing, it's sprouting, and it can grow into something greater than what you ever thought of, and sometimes what you may not even be around to see, right? And I yeah. think that's really important to right. think about. I want to piggyback up with both of you guys. You guys made good points, right? So it's, it's a process. You know, you plant a seed, you water it, right? Someone's there to water it, someone's there to plant it. Um, but you made a good point, you know, you don't need to be like the most loudest person in the room to kind of create a legacy. You don't need to be the motivational speaker. You don't need to be like a event host. You don't need to be a fashion designer, right? We all have a gift and we all have a talent that we can start utilizing, right? And start making it impactful in the world. So that's very important that you highlight that. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for kind of bringing that back around because we all can create our legacy today and start making impact with the tools that we have. And the thing about that, even what you said before, is that legacy, we think about what is left behind, but legacy is lived, right? We, all of us in this room, are creating and crafting the narrative and our story and our legacy, whether we've been intentional about it or not, right? Whether we put any thought and consideration into it or not, a legacy will be left behind from the work that we've even done up until this point. And so that's something I even want to, you know, hear from you all. It's like, what are the daily actions you all are making or rituals or habits that you are um, creating and putting in your life that are helping you shape a legacy, right? Because even when we think about Kobe, which Stan brought up, Kobe has a legacy of this mama mentality. It's because every day he showed up, right? His ritual was he's getting up at 4 day. 4.30 in the morning when everyone, is, when everyone else is asleep and shooting and practicing and putting in the work when no, no one else was. So this is how Kobe becomes Kobe, and this is how we have this huge resonance when he, when he passes, right? It's because he chose to be the greatest in his every day. And so how are you all every day choosing to show up and hone in on your greatness and your legacy? Um, I'll keep this quick. For me, it's pretty simple. I say yes to things I would typically say no to, um, or things that I might not be good at, but I want to try <laughs> just to, you know, continue working on it. Um, a lot of like my close friends up here, as you can see, they're amazing speakers and love public speaking. Um, I'm more chill. And so anytime an opportunity for me to, you know, at least share my story and to Put myself in a position where I might be able to provide some inspiration or impact, you know, I'm going to say yes to it. Even if it's something that is very uncomfortable for me, but, you know, my brand and what we're trying to encourage is to put yourself in positions that are fearful. You know, we really try to, you know, push love beats fear every time. And so you're an individual that has so many fears, but there is an individual in yourself that you love, the person that you 
uh, you know, you want to be, right? And this is, you know, the things that we're envisioned as far as we're creating our legacy for me. Um, so it's definitely, you know, saying yes to things I would say no to, or that would put me in positions to be more vulnerable and so forth. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like that because with the vulnerability, um, I don't know, it allowed you to dare greatly, right? It allowed right. you to open yourself up to things that you may not have. And I think you have to have that level of openness in order to reach a, a legendary life. Right. right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Another good fight. So, okay. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm a peacemaker. I would say it's a, a couple of things, but in stages. And so for me, is I had to, and I say this as a personal narrative, but hoping that you all can make it personal to yourselves, is really identifying what is it, like really, I took the time before I could really figure out my legacy and an impact is I had to take the time to figure out like what is it in my life that I feel like I am missing for real like what is it in my life that I feel like my family would most benefit from that we do not have what is it that I think that my friendship circle could benefit from that we all talk about but none of us are taking the action steps to actualize on right like those were things that I really questions I really took the time to to decipher and to unpack know your truth speak your truth came from a place of pain for me as a survivor of adolescent sexual assault and as a survivor of adult rape and living in my silence for five years about my rape to anybody even my closest friends and stanley at the time was one of my close friends and never knew right like the people in this room knew me growing up but never knew that element of me and i said i have to break this silence but more importantly, there are other people who are being silenced about certain elements of their stories that really is eating up at who they are. And so sometimes we're silenced in the workplace with because of our hair, because of the nail, our nail color, because of what we're really looking to do, how we dress, how we feel, the world we come from, the music we listen to. In the black and brown community, yes, we might all identify racially as black, but ethnically and culturally, we're still different people. And economically, we're still different people. Educationally, we're still different people. So even in the black and brown community, people feel insecure amongst their peers. But we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to acknowledge that. And so I actually really focus on taking the time to figure out what is it that would, what is it that I have and what is it that I'm missing that can really allow me to truly feel like I'm fulfilling a purpose or a mission or of something of greater stature where I can truly say, thank you so much, Malcolm X, for losing your life for me. Thank you so much, Coretta Scott King. Thank you so much for, for dealing with Martin Luther King and his shady self, right? And things we didn't talk about in our history books and, you know, and still celebrate Martin for what he did, but homeboy was a player. Like, we gotta talk about that and sis still held him down. So like, Nelson Mandela too, like, let's not, you know, Winnie was a G, so whatever, right? So. <laughs> let's really talk about these things in a very real way for our people, but let's also understand what does it look like personally, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that if we, and it's not to say that it's not about collective, because it's all about the collective, but I do think individual people make up a group. And when we do not think about our group, right, we do not think about the individuals. When people talk about I'm colorblind, I don't see race. I just, you know, I love the people. That's ignorant too. Because what you're also saying is you're not recognizing the struggle and the experiences of the people of color to be where they are. Because in fact, we are truly steps backwards. Reparations are a reality because we lived in a world without for so long. And that is very, 
very, very real. So don't talk to me about being colorblind as a level of inclusivity. That's ignorance. Yeah. But whatever, right? But anyways, we, we curate brave spaces <laughs> to be able to unpack these things because I truly believe in moving forward. And so I think about my past and I think about what is missing, what is it that I want, what is it that I need, and how do I then how do I then hold myself accountable to daily actions to implement that? What are those daily and actions? Those, da those daily actions are showing up like Kobe be showing up. I don't play basketball, um, but I just show up. I speak. Um, <laughs> part of that is recognizing that I did not grow up in a family dynamic that was financially um, um, financially stable, right? financially conscious. And so I'm just now about to hit a new decade of my life and I'm prioritizing and understanding the value of a dollar, not just to buy name brand X, Y, and Z. These Louboutins that I have on my feet, I wore them intentionally today because I wanted to talk about the importance of economics. And these are Louboutins I bought when I was in college. And I bought them in college because I felt like an imposter because I never realized I was poor until I went to college. I was just like, damn, I come from no money. Like people in here are really rich and really wealthy. And so keeping up with the Joneses were people I didn't even know, right? But I grew up in the city of Boston with no money. And I felt like my intelligence all of a sudden was equated to the brands that I wore because I thought my apple bottom jeans were everything. I thought my food <laughs> and Rockaway was the bomb.com. It but was. Burberry it was. and Gucci was on my <laughs> campus and I didn't even know what that was, right? But again, but even in our, in our misconstructions of, of reality and self-worth was very real, right? So it's unpacking messaging, it's unpacking words, it's unpacking value. And so I think about that, the value of the dollar, my economics, my emotional well-being. I think about the importance of mental health in the black and brown community. I think about how my struggles through going to counseling was not supported by my family, but it is important to the development of the black and brown community today. And so I talk about that because in order for us to truly normalize and in order for us to truly unpack systems and, and conditioning that we've been brought up under, right, and white supremacist behavior and mentality that, 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 that prohibits the advancement of the black and brown people. In order for us to truly move forward from that, we need to name it. And not only do we name it, we need to act on it. And so I just live it every day by my actions. Mm, I like that. Um, I'm gonna say one last yeah, question, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like yeah. that, there's so much that like I even go, but I even want to go because like I know she was gonna kill it. But nah. Do you want to go or no? I mean, no. She just made a point though. Like she said, what am I missing? So that's how I'm building legacy today. She said, what are you missing in your personal life to build that legacy, right? And how are you implementing on it? And um, and it's personal too, right? You build legacy because it comes from personal reason. So I think even with me not unpacking everything tonight, y'all could talk to me later. Um, I build legacy because I overcame a lot of obstacles, right? So if I go overcome my obstacles, then I can help someone else overcome theirs. And um, what are those obstacles? I was saying, nah, nah, why would you, you like tell nah, people nah, to nah, connect nah, with you later? You, have to, you got no, the you, mic now. Uh, I think, and I mean, it's just because I know personally that I'm like, no, list up those obstacles. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to take you long. Yo, plug season two right there. Boom. Really? Now, let me stop real quick. Now, so I talked about the actually podcast I did with Bernadine. Um, Bernadine's a great person, as you see. She brings a lot out of you um, unexpectedly. But some obstacles I challenged, I faced in my life was um, I have five learning disabilities, right? And they're severe. Uh, if you see the man today, I am not the man who I am without the team behind me. Someone took the time to pour into me and to lift me up and to really mold me into who I am. Um, some learning disabilities are, I'm a severe dyslexic, I have dysgraphia, I have a speech impediment, and I have an audio processory um, issue, right, in some sense. Um, reading is not my thing, spelling is not my thing. I have a lot of camps in my army who does a lot of spell checks for me. Shout out to, you know, someone helped me out today, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so it's because of those obstacles that I overcame, right? I didn't let those obstacles define me, I defined them. And it was the people who helped me 
um, and pushed me to reach my goals, it's like, yo, I got to create a legacy for myself as well for those folks who helped me, right? So it comes mm -hmm. very personal. So when you look at that in everyday interactions, what can I do to help someone else out? How can I motivate someone else? How can I uplift someone else, right? Um, so that was that answer to that mm -hmm. real quick. But I do talk more about that on other podcasts featuring Bernardine on my chapter mm -hmm. one, um, but I won't go into that too much. Um, and then say, so we talked about where we come from. Mm -hmm. You have to know where you're going or where you come from to know where you're going, mm -hmm. right? Um, we talked about what you all actually think legacy is for yourselves. What are the daily practices? Because again, legacy is not left. Legacy is lived in our everyday. So you all talked about your everyday practices. But also I think um, to reach a level of greatness, and I always talk about this on the journey with Blue, is the lessons, the sacrifices, the failures along the way. So to reach a level of greatness, there has to be a level of sacrifice. Ooh. And so I don't want to get into this, Bernadine, yeah, but you did drop it, right? Coretta made a level of sacrifice because she saw there, saw there was it. a vision that was greater. I'm not saying we got to make that sacrifice. I'm not. But <laughs> we don't have to sign up for that. But what is the sacrifice that you are making now in order to set yourself up for greatness, in order to set yourself up for the legacy that you see for yourself. I'm right? gonna hop on that one. I'm gonna hop on that. I'm ready. Um, so the sacrifice I'm making now is like, so I left my old job uh, of mm. 10 years at will for a Fortune top 100 best company to work for. Took a, I'll be even more chance. I took a 40K pay cut, right? To go and do something else, right? And I currently work, we work, I love we work, it's cool, right? <laughs> but um, no, 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 it's straight. No, yo, honestly, no, we work as a plug. So uh, this is a payroll person is payroll buddy. You are, right? Hey, nah, but honestly, so I took that sacrifice, right? I took leaving that 40K pay cup, then also I had an over six figure salary waiting for me. Like, hey, yo, Christian, come take this, come take this. Like, nah, there's something bigger than me, right? There's a fire inside of me that was bigger than me. And that was making sacrifice for my community, putting it on for my community, right? At my old job, I wasn't able to do things like this. I wasn't able to really get involved in the community, to host, um, to create those safe spaces for us to come together and really mingle, right? Um, even Bernadine, Bernadine and I have conversations all the time. She's like, Christian, you're doing too much. Christian, you're doing too much. You gotta take care of yourself. Who's taking care of you? I was like, yo, I don't care about me. I care about me, but I don't care about me. I care about the community, right? I care about creating these safe spaces. I care about building a legacy for all of us to build together and giving that, right? So. I would say the sacrifice is every day, my time, my energy. I don't sleep, um, never sleep. Like it's horrible. Okay, that's not good. Right, I know, but I, 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 I take naps. I take naps. With like tangible, helpful yeah. tools. You know, but I, I would say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I'm gonna leave that Y'all need to go to sleep. sleep. But um, sleep is important. Yeah, sleep is important <laughs> if you could get it. But I would say personally, you know, I, I sacrifice a lot um, to put on for us. And to create those safe spaces. Right. And I know it's bigger than me, right? This is bigger than me. This is bigger than my brand. This is bigger than our brands. This is bigger than this conversation right here. It's building legacy, right? right? So when our kids have kids, when the city of Boston comes in, they're like, oh my gosh, we were exposed to this X amount of event. Oh, this is what they bought, right? So it's bigger than you. Mm -hmm. um, so when you know there's something that's bigger than you, you just got to go and do it. And it's going to pay in full for it. And I have been blessed and fortunate um, since I made that decision. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Um, it's a good question. You got a I lot think, too. He doesn't sacrifice anything. I'm kidding. You sacrifice a lot. I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you, Bernadine. It's one of my best friends. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> um, I think something I'm trying to continue learning how to sacrifice is my pride. Um, and my pride as far as 
putting myself in, a, in positions and situations where I'm able to have difficult conversations, mm. um, especially after my father passed, um, a lot of suppression that I ended up building up. And I'm trying to, you know, get to a point where I sacrifice my pride as far as just, you know, dealing with a lot of those emotions mm. or having conversations with individuals that, you know, care about me, who want to. Um, you know, see me grow in that space, especially as I continue to grow my brand. Um, and, you know, Bernadine's a, a big advocate <laughs> in regards to those conversations. Um, and so, and I have friends here in the crowd who are very um, invested and intentional as far as, you know, helping me grow in that way. But, you know, as everyone here in this room, there's different, different things that are very difficult for us to, you know, really address. And, um, and we have might have a lot of pride as far as, you know, when we feel it's the right time to address it or when do we want to or who should we talk to about it. Um, so I think that's just a, a daily uh, sacrifice that I'm currently working on um, that is more of an emotional one. Um, and then a, a secondary would be uh, I ended up getting uh, laid off from my last job. And so I was in a position of transition in which I should, should I get a, another job or, you know, try to approach my business full-time because there was different areas in which um, I wanted to grow and creatively was one aspect. I graduated business school, so I understand, you know, concepts of, you know, how to build a business. Um, but there was, again, a lot of fears and vulnerability I had to deal with creatively because I, I didn't think of myself as one until I do now. And so I had to, you know, take some time to really, you know, actively just do things that you know, I used to love when I was a child or that I did with my father or um, that I enjoy when I'm not trying to be prideful <laughs> and so forth. So, um, and so, yeah, and so, you know, during that time, you know, it's allowed me to, you know, I'm not getting paid what I was getting paid before, but I am growing and getting paid in other different ways that's gonna help, you know, myself and, you know, the legacy that I'm trying to create, so yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. And so as, of course, I asked these questions to do these three panelists, but I want you all to think about this as, as well. Go home in this time, reflect and see what is the legacy that you're building? What are you doing on a daily basis to build and make your legacy real? And we also asked you all, what does legacy mean to you? And so some of my favorites here is legacy is what people say about you when you're not in the room which I thought was pretty cool, right? Um, legacy is to have something that is powerful beyond measure and limitless, mm -hmm. which I so agree, right? It lives well beyond us. And um, lastly, was legacy is pride, freedom, strength, what those before us left us to continue and improve upon and leave those after us to continue and improve upon, right? So again, it's what, you know, our history, where we come from, and how we're gonna continue that, how we're gonna pick up that torch in so many ways and continue the race, right? The marathon continues. And so, um, you know, when Christian invited me to come and share on legacy, one of the things that came to me when I was in college, this like guy, he was, I don't even know what we were talking about, he was like, but, our lives are just, he was like, are but a miss, right? He was like, they're, they're, we're here on this life and this planet for just a second. He was like, but our fragrance will remain and linger after we're gone. 
And so what is that fragrance that you're leaving, right? Our bodies are here for who knows how long, right? That's something that we can't control. We don't know when our last days will be. But in this moment, we get to choose what is that fragrance we get to leave behind? What is that feeling that we get to leave behind in our families, in our communities, in this world? And so um, I think we should honor these lives. I think it's something to be taken very seriously. And I pray that you all begin to think about that in your own personal journeys to legacy. So thank you all for allowing me to, you know, have this conversation with you, nice. Christian. Thank you. Michelle. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you guys for coming in here. I appreciate it. Um, for those who know, um, I wrap up my podcast a certain way. Just a little fun fact: uh, Bernadine and Stan been part of this, um, but Michelle, you're on it, so I'm we got to get this. some things going, yes, right? Yo, go. so I'm just gonna rip it off like this. Um, what's your favorite color? Well, my name is Michelle Blue. Is it blue though? It really is government Michelle Blue. Oh. So yo, yo. Is, my favorite yeah. color is blue. I, don't, I really don't think I have any other choice. You're, <laughs> all right, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Oh, cool. It's like default favorite color. It's right? Blue. Default? I feel that. I feel that. Um, What's your favorite cereal? Cereal? I don't really eat. You don't eat cereal? I didn't really, you as know. As a kid. As a kid. <laughs> I know, right? Dang. Right? Yo, oh look at it. The whole room was like, yo, like, what are you doing? Who are you? Go back to New York. Like, what's good? I grew up in Atlanta, just to let you know. But um, I guess Frosted Flakes were in the house. Is that what That's we, like, yo, that was a special that, treat in my family. So I grew like, up on like Razor Brand and Cheerios. And when we saw Frosted Flakes <laughs> in the house, we are like, hey, when is? But I was like, I didn't really, we didn't really eat cereal. All right. Sorry. I'm with. <laughs> um, then last question is this. So I always ask this question. No, it's no better time to ask this. Um, God forbid, if you were to go away today, if you were to pass away, what do you think is a legacy you have left behind? Um, let's see. I just want to be known for my love, right? And so that's a love that I give to my family that I give to my nephews, that's the love that I give um, in my relationship and my communities through my work. And so I pray that there's a feeling of love and I pray that um, even when I'm not present, that there is a presence of peace. And that fragrance. That fragrance, fragrance of peace. I'm with it. I'm with that. Um, so I normally allow the opportunity for you to ask me a question. Oh, um, but you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to, though. Don't worry. You can, you can text me and call me. You can ask that question. You don't need to. <laughs> right, Birdie last time in. was ready. She was ready, ready. Um, but do you have a question? Mm, is there anything you're hiding from? <laughs> Ooh. Ew. That's spicy. Yeah. Um, I would say... Yeah. I just like right? Like, right? Yeah, I know. That's like your question. That was top and That was of the like dog. the Millie Bugs question last time they hit me up. So I, I talk to my friends all the time. It's like, yo, like 2019 was a year of like becoming more of myself, like living in my truth, right? And I said 2020 is a year of be, becoming my truth, right? Um, so as I kind of mentioned highly, I was at another job for 10 years. I knew only that job. I was like, well, oil machine, blah, 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 right? I really didn't live into myself. I didn't go after the goals I wanted to chase. So 
yes, I'm still hiding things. Things I'm hiding is kind of becoming more myself, really taking these risks, right? You know, I'm up here right now. I threw helped throw this event, help organize it. But deep down inside, yo, I still got mad insecurities. I was like, yo, I was actually talking to Rob. I was like, Rob, yo, I don't think people are gonna come. I think like, yo, I'm nervous. Like, yo, today was the worst. I didn't even eat today. So right, like, so I'm always hiding stuff. I'm, I'm hiding from my insecurities. Um, so that's what we all have. Um, and I'm still hiding of becoming more of myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to take time because I, I was blessed to be at my job for 10 years. But once you're at one place for 10 years, you're stuck in a certain mindset. You're stuck in a certain growth. You're stuck and you really can't become yourself. And when you try to become yourself, they're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what's up? Like, this is not what we signed you up for. This is not what we want. Right. So kind of being free from that. I'm so hiding from my own self to really mm-hmm. start living out those truths, you know, yeah. but being around like a, a Bernardine and being around the stand to live your renaissance and then speaking my truth and knowing my truth, I can become more of myself yeah. in some sense. Um, but yo, once again, thank you for coming. I do appreciate you. Um, Michelle, who you are, what you do, plug yourself real quick. Where can they find you? Yes. Um, first of all, I'm going to say, I thought that like question game came like top from like the hit my head Where? and it probably didn't. It was subconsciously planted by Jeff because he just asked me that same question. I was like, Ooh, that was a good question. Yo, Michelle. And then time. I realized that's not your, your question. Jeff just asked you that. Question. Thank you, Jeff. So thanks shout Jeff for giving Jeff. me that shout out, shout out. Plug, plug, and keeping question. me on my toes. Um, but yes, I would love for you all to continue to join me for the conversation um, on the journey with blue. We're about to launch season three, which is like, Completely mind blowing. Um, so follow me at underscore MC Blue. Michelle Blue is the official, my official real name, or at the Journey with Blue. Um, again, we have some really dynamic conversations on how to live a fulfilled life and create a business that you love. And so even if you're not a business owner, there's content and information for you that's going to completely transform where you are and where you're going. So make sure you're tuned in and make sure you don't miss out. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yo, Bernadine, uh, well, plug yourself real quick. Who you are, what you do, what's good? All right, so Bernadine, founder and CEO of Know Your Truth, Speak Your Truth, motivational speaker, workshop facilitator, the occasional blogger. Check out my blog on Friday, stay tuned for that. Um, and then I also do um, spoken word poetry from time to time, so I really enjoy doing that. Um, and then I also am the, the host of my own podcast show, called The Urban Collective Show. If you don't follow us, please follow us at The Urban Collective Show. And then follow me personally at Bernadine Truth, um, B-E-R-N-A-D-I-N-E, and Truth. And I am really always going to be here cheering all of you on to be unapologetically yourselves in all spaces, regardless of what you look like, where you come from, what your past says that you are, because your future dictates it, and you are the one that controls it. Let me even plug, plug, plug you in. What you doing this Saturday, BD? What we celebrating? Hey. Saturday. Hey. I'm entering a new decade of life, y'all. I'm getting older. I'm it's turning 30. She's turning 30. I'm going to call I'm her out. Like, she had, like, oh, I don't want to say my age. Like, I come was, on, you turning 30. You do the whole party. The, the and you got decade, the whole thing. The, the new decade would not be 20. So, like, clearly. Oh, yeah. You know, yo, like, you could be 19. These people don't know. That'd be dope. You could so be well spoken for a 19 year old. And more at 19. But I am turning 30 on Friday, but I'll be celebrating my birthday at 222. On Saturday, so if any of you are free, come on out. What's the to theme? What's the theme? <laughs> the theme is a is a coming to Wakanda, so it's coming to America meets Black Panther. Um, so come out in your dashikis, in your, your furs, furs, in your hats, crowns, your tiaras, everything. 
your suits, your gowns, Be whatever fresh. it is. We're out here celebrating black excellence. Also donating some of the ticket proceeds to a nonprofit called Boston um, Friends of Boston, really supporting the development and advancement of our young people through mentorship. So, All right, I'm with that, I'm with that. Thank you, BD. But last but not least, my man, Stan, plug yourself real quick. Who you are, what you do, where you at? Well, y'all know who I am. <laughs> but, um, Boy, you y'all don't know, man. People we, gonna be we just listening said that whole the intro. Man, just plug the, you Come know. On, Stanley Stan. Ramon, founder of fashion brand, Paul Ramon. Um, you can follow me at Stanley Ramon um, and at Paul Ramon Official. Um, as far as just different events, pop-ups, fashion shows, we got coming up. Uh, stay tuned for around April. We got a handful of events happening on, happening there, which is also going to be my new decade 30th birthday as well. So, um, Oh, everyone's turning 30, 30 in here. Hey, 30. I'm with that. Y'all old. Y'all old. old. We're getting older. I'm excited nah, for it. Y'all old. Wiser. Y'all need a walking cane. Um, but yo, <laughs> yeah, you heard that, right? Yo, I'm wild. I know. I should have stopped. They should turn this off. Um, real quick though. So since this is my, my live podcast, um, and this is the first time I'm doing this, but does anyone have a question? I'll take one question from the audience that you want to ask us, um, or blue or speak on legacy. Any questions? Oh, that is so quick. Why are you so quick with it, man? <laughs> Yo, Bernie be safe hopping up places. I invited Stanley to a cookout, and he brings his friends, and there they are, and they never left. I didn't get that invite. <laughs> but all right, I digress. What's the question, though? Damn, so the question was like question. saying, hey, <laughs> oh um, what's God. your anchor? What grounds you and kind of keeps pushing you, right? Keeps motivating you to keep pursuing what we're doing, right? In some sense, that's the question, right? Um, who got For that? me, um, I know no other way. And so, um, like I said, I started my first business right after I graduated college. So um, I started a luxury scarf company to help support girls in Ghana their education and now I have the talk show the journey with blue but I know no other way in terms of this is and I always say this like this was the gift that was given to me and I don't know any other way but to continue this journey and to live it out regardless of how difficult it may be sometimes and the discouragement and the failures that may come along um, but I also know that I only get one shot at this thing, right? And I would rather, and I just heard this, um, Jim Rohn, who is like Tony Robbins' mentor, he said, discipline is like weighs ounces, but regret weighs tons. And I never want to live my life with regrets. And so that is kind of what angers me and keeps me going and allows me to continue to be bold and to continuously live in my truth because I never want to regret this thing, right? I never want to look back and say I could have. Um, and so I choose to step in my power because of that. I choose to keep going because of that. And so that's my anger of that helps at all. That's awesome. 
I'll, I'll answer the question. I'll say that my anchor is my faith. Um, I think that um, not 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 a lot of people, at least in my world, talk about spirituality or their faith a lot or as often as I think I grew up going through it. Um, I was a person who grew up in the church and then life happened and I strayed away from church. And I think I found my own way back to it. But really it's not about physically going to the church, but just what I believe in. And I think the fact that I have faith in purpose, I have faith in destiny, I have faith that everything that is meant to happen will happen and it happens on purpose, really dictates my frame of thinking. And so anytime I'm ever like, well, why did this happen to me? Or this is not how it's supposed to be. There's power in thought and there's power in action. And so being able to even turn that around and say, no, this is exactly what was meant to happen to you. So what is the lesson that you're supposed to learn from this? Or these are, in fact, the people you're supposed to be meeting. So like, why did you end up here? Or this was the mistake you were supposed to make. So why did you make that mistake? And being able to really be grounded in my faith, I think really keeps me sound and saying that doesn't mean I don't get sad. That doesn't mean I don't face insecurities and challenges. But I really do know that, like, when you t earlier when people talked about sacrifice, like, not being able to be fully present with my friends and family sometimes is a sacrifice that I make. But I have faith in the greater purpose and what I'm looking to do. Not being in an intimate relationship, you know, people are looking at me like, B, you're almost 30, you got degrees, like, you have ambition, like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's going on, right? And it's just like, for me, one, it's looking for a partner that I feel like he really matches me and we really uplift each other is important to me for real, for real, like not just superficially. But I also think that there has been a, it's been intentional for me to really pour into my company and sacrifice that level of intimate connection with a partner in it for that time being, because I learned so much more about myself. I created a platform to empower people. And in order to empower people, I had to learn what I struggle with to empower myself. And that is something that I've had to unpack regularly to really understand how insecure I can be as a person, how much doubt I can have as a person, how much fear I have of, as a person. But again, my faith brings me back because I understand that this is in fact a purpose. When I post something or I'm somewhere and people, strangers and community members will come up to me and say, Bernadine, you said this thing or you posted this thing or I heard you speak here and that changed my life, right? That's a lot of responsibility. And that's some, sometimes a responsibility I didn't sign up for. That's an honor, right? Not a privilege, an honor to be able to have such impact and to understand that people impact my life that way. But again, my faith has pushed me in a direction to truly fulfill my passion, a passion that I didn't even know was truly something I was passionate about or a fulfill a purpose that I really didn't even know was my purpose to fill. But because God speaks to me and because I really make sure that I listen to him, even in my moments of doubt and insecurity, even in my moments where a lot of what I talk about outs my family and their choices or lack of the best choices that they've been able to make, I understand that it's bigger than my family, it's bigger than Bernadine, and it's bigger than the people that are in this room, right? Because we all have a legacy to impact and to build today, and we also came from a legacy beyond what we ever will know and understand, and then we will also create more of an impact in a world that we will may, we will may never touch, right? But at the end of the day, we're here for a reason, so like, why on this Wednesday night are we all in this room having this conversation with you all listening to us and me looking at all of you, some of you I know and some of you I don't know? Like, what's the bigger purpose in that? And faith guides that for me. I'll just piggyback on that. Um, what anchors us, I think we could say, we know it's bigger than us, right? We know things are bigger than us. And then to highlight the conversation we had, you first opened like saying, hey, what history did you learn to kind of move you forward in that legacy, right? Then what are you doing today to build that legacy? Then how do you live it every day, right? So when you look at our anchor, 
I think we know that something's greater than us. And then there's that fire that doesn't stop, like as BD just said, right? So there's a fire and a personal testimony that you've been through that you need to share to the world. And that kind of always keeps you anchored. Like, it's bigger than you. Once you know that and understand that and you feel that it's bigger than you, that will always keep you anchored and you'll be prosperous in everything that you do. Um, but word, yo, thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming out. I appreciate you guys. Um, thanks for being here. If you want to know more information, hit me up. We'll see you. But um, like I say all the time, stay up, be up, bless up. Uh, network in the room. You never know who's in the room. You're at the WeWork. Opportunity to exist. Thank you. What up, people? I just want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. This episode was one for the books. It was pretty dope. This was my first live podcast recording. Um, so I enjoyed the folks who were in the room. And also, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was unique. It was powerful. It was dope. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Michelle Blue, the founder of The Journey with Blue. Look her up. YouTube her real quick. She has her own YouTube channel as well as her website. She does dope stuff and is a dope creator. Um, also, I want to say thank you. Thank you to Bernardine Truth. Thank you to Stan for coming back on Bodega 69 and doing what you do. I appreciate y'all. And thank you for being part of that conversation as well. Um, and then lastly, yo, thank y'all for listening. In. I appreciate you. As always, if you want to stay connected, if you want to know more, go over to my website. Um, go to ChristianJordan1, the number one, dot com. Scroll all the way down. Subscribe to my newsletter. As well with, if you want to see what's going on in my day-to-day, follow me on IG, the Christian Jordan. All one word. Once again, man, I appreciate y'all. Stay up, be up, bless up, peace.